We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? It's your boy Christopher Kidd here with Seahawks Man to Man. We got our guy, your guy, Mike Dugar. He's actually in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mike, man, what is going on? What up, what up, man? Uh, Vegas is fun, man. Nice stadium. Uh, real dope. Good, good to cover a football game. I almost I forgot the last time I did it. What, the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Nice to get back out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The playoffs was the last time. You're out there, and now things are starting to feel like they're back to normal for the most part. But let's just get right into it because we got a lot of football to talk about because, A, the Seahawks completed their first preseason football game. They went up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Check me out, Mike. I'm on top of it now. I didn't say Oakland. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) They did end up losing, but I think the bigger thing is what we saw production-wise from some of the young guys and some of the guys who we didn't get to see at all, for example, Daryl Taylor, a guy that flashed who I was interested in seeing. I mentioned on the last podcast, that's definitely one player that I want to check out and see what he was, what he's all about. And what he showed was he's really fast and he's, he flies all around the field. He didn't, statistically, he didn't blow anybody away. Oh, he had nine tackles or anything like that. But it was just his energy and what he brought. And as he said in the postgame conference, he was just, excited to actually be out on the field and not, you know, hitting his teammates. He was actually going up against guys competing, and that was good to see. And I'm sure you have a bunch of players, Mike, on your list that stood out to you, good and bad. So let's get some of your thoughts on some of the guys that you saw defensively or offensively from the Seahawks' opening preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Yeah, you got that Las Vegas thing down. Uh, (laughs) I think, uh, first off, Pete finally listened. Like, there's no reason to play Russ in these games. Like, I just don't, Check. I've never, we talked about that like every preseason. I, I just don't understand the logic in putting guys like Russ out there or Tyler or Bobby. Like, the list of guys who didn't play made a lot of sense. Dunlap, Mayoa, Hyder, Bobby, um, Lockett. I don't even know if Tyler traveled. Oh, I think he did. Um, DK. That's what, I mean, that's the way to do it. You can, it's Quandre. There's no reason. I'd rather have these guys rusty and healthy than potentially hurt mm. and uh, sharp, you know, because they got, a hundred snaps 
over the course of three preseason games. So that was really, really, really smart. And I, um, I guess I should remind people that they're, they're doing uh, – the cuts are incremental again. So, like, on Tuesday the 17th, they have to cut the roster from 90 to 85. Um, Seattle technically has 91 players, but the German guy does not count. Um, so you go from 90 to 85. And then on the 24th, after their second preseason game, they go from 85 to 80. So it really behooves them to play the young guys because you have to see who you got to cut. Yeah. So you, you need to get the young guys out there. And then not every young guy or not every old guy uh, deserves to sit like playing Trey Flowers made sense. He's in year four, right? But you want to see him. Rasheem Green, year four. You do, you need to see him. So I thought just that, that on Pete's part, it's like he's listening to us, bro. Like he finally, you know, he tuned into the pod and was like, hey, you know, that's right. We can Chris on to something. <laughs> like I got to. I swear, I gotta give uh, I gotta give Pete or whoever made that call, um, probably Pete, uh, some some love on that part because you needed they needed to see um, the the young dudes. Uh, the first the first guy I'm with you. I really like watching Daryl Taylor. Um, okay. I really like. So I don't know if you explained this before. Um, shout out to the homie uh, Matty Brown, um, writes for sports the the Sports Illustrated Maven Seahawks. He's over in like London, I think. Um, there's a lot of film breakdowns and stuff. Like, he picked up on this, too. They're using the – it changed the fronts. Seattle's basically a 3-4 team now. You know like, it's going to – Yeah, it's like – so I don't know if the broadcast talked about that. So if you look, in a, in a in week one, their starters would be like Al Wood at the nose, right, lined up directly over the center, Puna to his left or right, and then, like, LJ to his left or right. Like, she flanked by LJ and uh, Puna. Those are your, like, three down linemen now, at least – if, if, uh, for starting a game and then your four stand-up linebackers uh, are going to be like Daryl Holly Benson is the starter and then Jordan and Bobby so you, you that's basically a 3-4 like their front look that's like their new base now so like when you're looking at like a Rasheem Green in coverage I know people are wondering like why is Alden Robinson in coverage um, that's part of if you're going to be one of those edge guys part of your job is going to be dropping um, everyone's going to have that based on whether you're on the strong side or the weak side of the formation. Daryl, that's why it gets me to Daryl. Daryl can cover, which I, that was like, I, I want to see him rush the passer. That was like my main thing. I wrote about that too. But that's why he, like people wondering, why don't they sign KJ? Daryl is why. <laughs> they basically think Daryl can cover uh, relatively well, probably not as good as KJ, but just like good enough. And when it comes to the pass rush situations, Daryl can be on the field and go get somebody. And you can see, like, he had some near sacks out there. I asked him in the press conference, because um, if you look at Cody Barton's second sack, Daryl's right there. Yeah. Like, he's about to take the ball from the quarterback. Um, he had the long arm out. It was, like, really good rep. And then quarterback just, just steps away from him. Boom, Cody smacks him. Um, so, like, that was, that was like a pressure where he doesn't get a sack, but was, like, a really good pass rush rep, which really, really mattered. So like, look at you have to understand how their defense is looking now to kind of understand some of their personnel decisions and why they have certain guys doing things. Daryl did a lot of that in college at, at Tennessee, like where he was on early downs, um, setting edges, dropping into coverage and in, uh, in the flat and stuff like that, and then on passing downs, coming in head in the ground, rushing the pass. I wanted to see him do all that. I, I forget how many snaps he played, maybe like thirty or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I liked. I liked what I what I saw from him. The young, the front in general um, was really, really, really solid uh, from the edge. I think we talked about that too. Because who was that? Because that was really low on Seattle D line. Who was that? PFF. Yes, they had him 29th. Yes, yeah. See, I know, like we said, I just don't buy that. Like I see depth. <laughs> I see depth. I see like 
from, like we said, in any given game, they may not have the best pass rusher or the best, or the, even the second best edge guy, but they'll have like probably like three, three, eight. And just a really guys who can just get it done. Like Alton Robinson, like, let's put it this way. Rasheem Green, I thought played really well. I tweeted out his, uh, his sack, which is probably the best individual defensive play of the game. A really just good cross chop, um, bang around the corner, get the quarterback really good. Rasheem's probably like the, I don't want to say worst, but you know what I mean? Like if I had to rank their edge guys, Rasheem's probably the last one and he's really good. Uh, so like that shows you how the depth that they have him, Alton and Daryl Taylor are like the, uh, their bottom three edge guys, maybe, or if you, maybe if you want to throw LJ Collier in there. And that says a lot, because I think all those guys could be dudes who get, you know, anywhere from three to five sacks um, in a season and be up in the upper teens uh, when we talk about pressures. And that's on limited, limited reps with a role that also requires them dropping into coverage. But right. that, was, that was really good. Yeah. Speaking of dropping into coverage, you talked about with Daryl Taylor being able to do that, and maybe that's the role he'll take on now that KJ is no longer with the Seahawks. I also saw that from Alton Robinson, which was, it was hella weird at first, but then watching the replay, it's not that, I mean, he was just going up against a wide receiver and Zay Jones. And if that's a tight end or running back, Alton has a really good opportunity to have his hand up and make a play on the ball. In that situation, he was just going up against a faster receiver, and I was thinking, damn, the Seahawks are really switching things up because it's very rare that you'll see a defensive end running down the field with a running back, let alone a wide receiver. And that speaks to you know to your point about the defense going to somewhere maybe a three four look. That was impressive, and I it, I didn't like the play, but as I thought about it more and more, it's not as if. Alton's going to be guarding the receiver every time. Whatever happened in that situation, he was guarding the receiver, and maybe that was a miscue on the on the play call, and the Raiders had something else ready to go. But for the most part, I was like, damn, Alton Robinson's really fast. Think about this. That's a 290, 300-pound defensive lineman, and he was maybe, what, two yards away? He was right there. So I got to give credit to Alton Robinson on that and his ability to get up the field in the press game, post-game conference. He talked about it, and he's all for it. I think I forget the words exactly that he said, but it was basically, I'll be prepared for it when it happens again. Guarantee it. I'll be more prepared. I'll make a play on the football. And he believes in himself. So that was awesome to see. And also, I do want to give a shout-out to Ryan Neal. I know he's, a, he's in a weird situation with Jamal Adams, not – participating because he's looking to get that new deal. But Ryan Neal, just he's proven himself. He is really making a name for himself. Granted, the reason he got the interception was because of pressure. Who was that that put pressure on him, Mike? I can't remember who it was that came off the edge. Alden Robinson. Alden Robinson. So Ryan Neal, man, shout out to him. He's doing his thing. If worst-case scenario, Jamal doesn't have a deal by week one, I'm comfortable watching Ryan Neal back there. Sure, he's not going to be as electric as Jamal Adams is, but I'm not thinking, damn, it's going to be a rough day for the Seahawks defense because Jamal Adams is not the Ryan Neal, definitely stepped up to the plate, and he's fun to watch. I think he had, what, six tackles, if not five tackles and an assist. He was all over the field making plays, getting his nose on the ball, and that was fun to see. Also, another guy defensively I want to give a little shout-out to, I'll go with Cody Barton and Ben Burkirvin, but Cody Barton for the most part, 
he had a solid day, solid day as well. He had two sacks. He was get, able to get to the quarterback when they sent him on those blitzes, so that was good to see. And the defense overall was just pretty much exciting. I know they gave up 21 points, but for the most part, I think you have to realize this is second. These are going to be your backup guys. Your guys are in rotation. And we get the start when the Seahawks get the starters out there, your carry hiders, your Benson Mayoas, your basically everyone that wasn't out there playing Carlos Dunlap, it's gonna be a huge difference. You're gonna see that when Carlos gets a breather, X guy comes in and he makes plays. And that was fun to see. And I don't know how you thought about that, Mike, but really, man, the defense, I know a lot of people aren't too high on the Seahawks defense, but I am like, damn. This unit, this defense as a whole is pretty nice. I know the quarterback situation, it was good seeing a Keller Witherspoon out there. He had one play where he just got beat pretty much. The guy dropped on the back shoulder. That was just a great play by the offense. Not really much you can do, although Akello felt that he pushed off. Either way it goes, I'm liking what I'm seeing from this defense, and I'm more excited about week one now. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, there was I was watching individual guys um, more than the defense as a whole just because there was some guys like – you know, there's they're just not gonna play. You oh, know, yeah. like uh, I think uh like someone like Gavin Hessler got a lot of snaps and I don't think you know he'll get regular season snaps. True. Uh, I will say this on, on Alton what is two he's six three six three is two fifty nine is what he's listed as A Jones due to six two two hundred. And I mean that is like I said it is by design to mm-hmm. get him on out in coverage uh, against guys. Rewatching the game, I think what happened was um, probably a really good play by the Raiders um, upstairs. It's one of those things where someone probably saw something and made an adjustment. Yep. So a couple of plays earlier on that drive, Alton does the same coverage on a tight end. Makes um, sense. Much slower and more, you know, similar to his build. And then what I would guess is someone up there, like this is where if you see guys are in like a quality control role, this is like their job is to see little things like that. And be like, hey, tell the OC, we can do this. Let's just, let's adjust that. They ran basically Zay Jones on the same type of route realizing, oh, he's faster than this guy they have dropping in the coverage. It's the yeah. same side of the field, everything. So, I mean, the, the scouting there is is good. Like, I still don't think Alton should be guarding receivers. But, Absolutely not. Um, that's that's one of those where, like, he did get beat and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't a good rep by him, I don't think. But that would, I looked at it again, like, oh, yeah, you know, A, that's yeah, bad rep. You got to turn your head around and make a play. But uh, also, I was like, oh, okay. The Ra- Gruden maybe saw something, or the Raiders uh, saw something upstairs probably with their, like, all 22 in real time look. And made that happen. I'm with you on Ryan Neal. Um, he was he was doing a lot more than I, mean, I usually see him do. Yeah, um, he was rotating. He was like the single high guy a lot. Yep. Um, it's I don't know if that was uh, easy to see on the broadcast, but um, you could tell him and Josh Moon, um, the other safety that got a lot of reps. Like when there was motions, like Josh would line up as that single high guy, and Ryan maybe down. Um, uh, on the strong side of the play. And if there was like a motion instead of Ryan following the guy uh, across the formation, Josh would come down and take the dude in motion. And then Ryan would switch. It's actually, you know, good communication, good flow on their part. I don't think it was consequential in any given play, but the fact that Ryan can do that and be in there, um, you know, taking on fullbacks or linemen in the run game, which he was able to do blitzing a couple times, uh, like that stuff. He, I think it's bad that they don't have Jamal in there right now because you lose out on the opportunities to practice the stuff that Jamal does, why he's so unique to the defense. That said, Ryan was doing a lot of stuff that they're going to ask Jamal to do. Um, so, like, they're getting the reps there. It still would help to have Jamal. But um, they are still getting the reps on, like, a Jamal-like player, even though Ryan's not as talented as Jamal. It's the same stuff. 
I also I would love I would love for people to go watch Ryan and Ugo and some of the other DBs blitz and and uh, and realize Jamal just doesn't get sacks because he blitzes. Blitzing inherently does not produce sacks. Being good at blitzing produces sacks. Those guys, there's one rep where Ryan just comes flying off the edge like Jamal was and just gets stonewalled by the tackle. <laughs> and then Nathan Peterman scrambles uh, because they lose contain because he can't, they lost the edge. Like Jamal probably makes that play because right? Jamal's really good and knows how to duck under those linemen like that. So it's not that's not to uh, knock Ryan. That's just to point out like it's not Jamal. Jamal gets sacks because he's good at what he does. It's not just because he does the thing. Like he's he's very talented. And there were some there's there's plays almost every game where there's Quandre blitzing or Ugo blitzing. Or Ryan Blitzing, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's not just as simple as send your DB, get sacks. No. <laughs> Sometimes you send your DB and get burned, <laughs> unless your DB is really good uh, at, at Blitzing. I still would like to see Jamal start the season and play the whole season, obviously. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm with you in that, like, if he does have to play, it's not like, oh, woe is, woe is me, you know, if I'm the Seahawks defense. It's like, oh, okay, we got 26 out there, you know, we're going to adjust the game plan and, and a little bit and see what we can do. Probably blitz a little less and stuff like that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I will say uh, someone on the negative side of this was was probably Trey Flowers. Oh my um, gosh! Trey, I was about to Trey ask Trey can that. get away. Yeah, he can get away if he if, if Trey just like had a like a, a bland game, like nothing big in either direction. That would have probably just been fine. Um, I think that's kind of how Akello was uh, on that play. I think the dude did push off. I'm just talking about it was slight, but like you can see Akello. If you watch Akello's chest, his chest jerks back, not his head. Like people who flop in soccer, his chest went back. Yeah. Uh, because he was he was slightly slightly pushed. They didn't call it, um, and like you just got to fight through that. But uh, like he, other than that, Akello had a pretty like uh, forgettable day as a coverage guy. Has some good tackles in the run game. But Trey, he, the one thing he could not do Saturday is give him a good play. He just couldn't. That's the one thing. If I was like Trey, doesn't really matter what you do on Saturday, do not give up a big play. 
And that's the one thing, and that's like all that anyone probably remembers. He played like 31 snaps or something like that. But that's the only snap that is going to like really be consequential, I think. It's against Nathan Peterman and Jay Jones, who aren't exactly all pro players. It's man coverage on third down, which is where like it's, it's that play right there that, that, that Trey gives up. Those is why they was like, we need to draft Trey Brown. Like, we need to draft someone who can, in man coverage, play sticky defense and get us off the field. They were terrible on third down on Saturday. Not just because of Trey, but like that was a good example. That was third and eight, first drive of the game, manned up. He runs a, it's a go route. You got it and practice that literally every day and you get beat by Zay Jones. Like, you just can't. That's the one thing someone like Trey fighting for a job. Uh, with DJ Reed and some other dudes. That's the one thing he can't do. And that was like, when I seen that, I was like, ah, yep, Trey's going to be trending in Seahawks Twitter and not for a good reason. And what's crazy is he played it perfectly. He got his hand on him, got his right hand, inside hand on him. He flew up the sideline with him. But the one thing that he didn't do, when the receiver turns and looks for the ball, he decided not to do that. He could have made a play on the ball, and he wasn't able to because he was staring at Zay Jones instead of trying to locate where he was. Because if you watch the play, which I'm doing right now, he's stride for stride with him. He gets a little, Zay gets a little steam on him, get a little head movement. If he just turns his head when Zay is clearly looking for the ball, this conversation is now, oh man, did you see Trey Flowers on third and eight, Mike? He was right there with the guy, turns around, makes a play on the ball, gets an interception, bats it down, whatever the case may be. But because he doesn't, the conversation is, I see why the Seahawks drafted Trey Brown. I see why the Seahawks picked up Quentin Dunbar in the offseason. I see why the Seahawks did this. I see why the Seahawks did that. He has to get comfortable in those uncomfortable situations, something that we talked about a lot at training camp when they're going through drills and they're working on turning your head. This was that drill that they work on in Team units, when they spread out, they all go to their team units. DBs go one where, go with one, play, one spot, quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera. This is the drill where you focus in on the fact that don't panic. You're right there with him. He's not crushing you down the sideline. You are stride for stride with him. If you turn your head, you're going to see the ball. Whether you get hit in the face or you're able to make a play on it, that's all that matters. And because he wasn't able to, he puts himself in a difficult situation to – find the field, be on the field and make plays. This is one of the situations where he needs to really figure that out and get comfortable with turning his head. It was it was that simple. I even tweeted it out. I said, Trey Flowers didn't turn his head. He was in good position. He had an opportunity to make a play. But because he was uncomfortable, maybe nervous, whatever the case may be, he didn't trust his instincts. And he gave up, as you said, a third and eight, which ultimately led to a first down. Just turn your head, my man, and you will you will be able to make a play on the football. It sounds so easy, but the fact that you work on it a lot and in game situations, you just got to relax. You're playing this kid's game. It's fun. You're getting paid a lot of money to do it. Have fun with it. Remember the basics, and I guarantee you he'll make plays. But that one, it just it, it sucked. Watching, I was like, damn, Trey. I mean, what, what did you say the same thing, Mike? Or you were kind of like he just got beaten. It is what it is. Uh, I was just basically there. There are some guys who the next step of their development is make plays. Like it's it's beyond just don't mess up. I think 
it's legitimately like, okay, I need you to be a playmaker. And that's and that's if I'm viewing this from the scope of like, oh, okay, what are the Seahawks to do to win a championship? So I think that's like Jordan Brooks' next step uh, as well. Even though he's uh, younger than Trey. Like Jordan Brooks, I want to see him. Like he did, he had two really good plays on the goal line, um, uh, I thought, in uh, in the game. He was he stuffed uh, the running back uh, on whatever down that was. Uh, I forget who the running back was. And then, like, on the next goal line stand, not that same one, the next series, he uh, nearly intercepts Peterman in the uh, in the red zone. Like, that's his evolution. It's not just, all right, you're a rookie. Just be out there, hold it down, don't screw up. Like, that was trailing like, 2018. Now it's like, all right, get your hand on the ball. And if you don't do that, then I don't think you have much value in the in the starting lineup. So that was kind of my my, my thought there. You know, if that's you, you, that's, that's, he's not that, Ugo's like that, too, I think. Uh, which is why I thought uh, Ugo actually looked, he looked really good. Uh, I thought he had a really good um, TFL on a blitz. And I think it got negated because Daryl Taylor was offside, which is unfortunate because it doesn't go like Ugo doesn't get the stat, but it's on film. So that's really all that really mattered. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I think Ugo is in that next step as well. Like if you're going to be in the starting lineup of a, of a defense that is going to try to win a championship, then I need you to make, like I need to I need to walk away from the game thinking, wow, twenty eight. Did you see that play? Oh, fifty six. Did you see that play? Oh, twenty one. Did you see that play? Like I think LJ is in this group too. Like they've drafted these guys. Like these are all dudes that they've drafted and invested in, and they're like post LOB investments. So if you're gonna do that, um, if, they, if those guys are gonna be starters on a championship defense, that's where they're at. So that's, like it wasn't just Trey. It's Ugo. It's you know, that'll be the same case for DJ Reed, too. Akello Witherspoon. Uh, well, Akello, I just want to see consistency. I guess he's in a different group. It's like, you do you every week. Don't be hot one week, cold the next, or go on a little run of three games where you're an all-pro, and then you go on a run of three games where it's like, why are you out there? That's kind of hit where he's at, uh, I think. Uh, but for some of those guys like Trey, these preseason games are going to be huge in that regard. Like, well, how many plays do you make? Yeah. Like, how, many, how many times do I come away from a preseason game with you and my takeaways? For the good reasons, uh, like so, this is one. Trey made it for the bad reasons. Jordan made it for the good. Rasheem for the good. Um, who else did I have in the bad? Um, oh, John Arsua. I think that it wasn't even that John did anything bad necessarily, but I mean, he just seems like he's that. I did a risers and fallers piece. I really think like he it's legitimate. It's fault. Like 2019, I remember us talking about John Arsua. Like, oh, I like this guy. You know, I think he's he's, he's got something. You know, and then. 2020, he's just riding the pine uh, in favor of Penny Hart all year, and then even now he did. He played like six snaps in a game where all it was nothing but young guys. He only played in year three. He played six six snaps. Like Aaron Fuller played more, twice as many. Cody Thompson played twice as many. Uh, I think Connor Weddington might have even played uh, more snaps. Like it was overall, just the number of attempts he got was really low, and he didn't get targeted until the fourth quarter. He gets the ball in his hands has a chance to make a guy miss and then gets tackled for a loss of one. I was like, yeah, that's, he probably, I mean, it was, it's week, it's one preseason game, but in terms of like stock dropping to the point where like, it's going to, I would imagine like Tuesday being a very nerve wracking day when they have to make the cuts. John was probably up there. Some guys up front are probably feeling the same way. Like it was not a good day for Brad. Uh, what's his name? Lundblade. What's the center's name? White dude. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, it was it was not a good day for him. He didn't make my fathers call him, so I don't think he had, like he was already like third string, which is not great. Uh, but yeah, he it was not a good day for him. Don't think it was a good day for John. 
yeah, mixed mixed bag. Uh, yeah, that, those those dudes didn't go well. I, I did like the rookies though. What do you think of the uh, not the whole class, but like the two two draftees that played Trey Brown and then uh, Stone Forsythe? What do you think? He didn't get a lot of targets, but I get it. It's a back. I think it was a third string quarterback. Or no, actually, Nathan played the whole game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because they had one dude come uh, in and do one snap, which is just weird as hell. But yeah, yeah, dude named Case Cookus. Cookus. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that's his real name. Like, what was it? I was like, all I tweeted was Case Cookus. I'm like, this money. All I heard because I wasn't watching at that point because it was like the end of the game. And then I was saying, in quarterback for the Raiders, Case Cookus. I said, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, what the? What are we doing here? Flew to Vegas to watch Case Cook. They took it out of here. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. So Peterman played all of like the game except for yeah, like a handful of snaps. Okay, Trey Brown. He was out there. He was active. He just didn't get targeted much on his side, and that could be for a bunch of things, bunch of reasons. And I think next week he'll hopefully get more targets against the Broncos. Who knows? But I did like his activity. He was when they did run the ball. He had his nose in there making plays, whether he went forwards or backwards on making contact with players. He was physical, and it was good seeing him out there. Stone Forsyth, outside of that one corner blitz that he wasn't aware of, that's just part of knowing the game and getting comfortable. And in the broadcast booth, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Mike, because in my head, it's football. I forget who was saying it, but basically they were saying that it was kind of cheap to send a corner blitz on a rookie in a preseason game with a backup court, quarterback. You don't want the players getting hurt. And in my head, I'm thinking, it's football. <laughs> this cornerback is trying to make a play to make the team if he makes this play that could help him if he doesn't you kind of know the story so they're hinting at it being not a smart move by Gruden to send a corner blitz on a rookie left tackle in a preseason game that could potentially knock out Geno Smith and unfortunately Geno came back in but then he did go back out because of concussion protocol he didn't look good I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that take as that play being maybe a little cheap. I don't want to say dirty because personally, I just thought it was football, a great blitz call, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, Mike. Oh, no, that's dumb. I don't even give that take on TV. <laughs> I don't, it's, yeah, it's, it's football. But as long as it's a, not a legal play. I mean, some things, there's some unwritten rules, like you probably shouldn't, like, uh, you know, if you're up 30, you know, you're, probably, and you're just chucking the ball on us. Like, that's just, <laughs> What are you? What are you doing? Uh, I don't know why you do that, but yeah, send the blitz. It was like the first quarter. What's wrong with that? You got to yeah. see how your team looks against the blitz. You got to see how your team looks being the blitzer. And I don't think it doesn't matter who the left tackle is. Also, I don't know if they mentioned this on the broadcast. I don't know who was calling the game. I have to go check. Um, but probably a lineman or a quarterback should probably be the ones weighing in the most here. I would guess that the, there's two people most responsible for checking the protection on that in that situation. Um, the center. I think was Kyle Fuller um, and Gino quarterback. Like that's part of the job is to recognize stuff like that, check the protections, um, and then maybe move your running back over. I, I don't know if they were an empty or. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Or if they had a running back pointing them, but those are some. It's not just like oh, Stone didn't pick that up. Like you look and see Stone um, immediately goes inside, 
like he it wasn't just oh he just missed his job I don't even know if they communicated that that was his job and I don't think the communication on that part is his like that's where like you talk about the cerebral part of playing center yep. I think the centers uh, usually have that and if you're a veteran quarterback you got to see that um, and either throw hot which he did not like he didn't even look at him uh, <laughs> either throw hot or slide the protection or adjust him or switch to a different play uh, or something so I would imagine that the, the the blame there is, is split up between two people. And I don't know if either one of them stole unless it was communicated and he didn't, and he didn't understand it. Cause I think all he said was a miscommunication and Pete Carroll when asked about it said, we screwed that up. So I don't think he was, he was asking the context of stone making the play uh, or making, uh, being at fault. But I think he was like, we screwed that up and not placing it solely on him. Okay, cool. Stone though. Um, I thought he looked a lot better after like the first, Drive, maybe yeah, the second he, drive. He mentioned I thought, that. I thought, I thought he looked fine. Yeah, yeah. and he's and he's right. He's, he looked. I mean, of course he's right. He knows better than me. But uh, he 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 looked he looked a lot more comfortable. Exactly. Like he was getting backed up, pushed in, you know, pushed into the backfield on some stuff with it. Like he was getting out in space um, on some on some screen plays, getting out in space uh, on some tosses and stuff for some zone some zone runs. Like he was, he looked, it looked a lot a lot more comfortable. I mean, I don't really, I'm not the O line expert on this show, uh, but. Uh, I thought after he struggled a little bit, I was like, all right, he'll figure it out. But that makes sense. He got a rookie in his first game. Uh, there's going to be some nerves. They're okay. So he was nervous. But you, a lot of those guys were super nervous. That's just how life goes. There's like 50,000 people there, 60,000 or whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's going to be nerves, especially in the opening series. But how you respond to the nerves is good. So yeah. I think that's more important. I wish we got more, yeah, snaps from – from Trey. All I saw from Trey, he had one good playing coverage. I thought the ball didn't go his way, which is often the result of good coverage. Uh, missed the tackle um, in, in the open field that he's going to be upset about when he watches the film. I did like his kick return. Uh, I'd like to uh, tweet the clip of it. He had like a 38-yard return. It was the longest return of the day for either team. He just hit it. Like That was a one-speed he was going so fast he ran into the back of his own blocker uh, on the sideline if he, what he's what, he, what Chad Morton or Larry Izzo the special teams coaches are probably going to tell him it's cool alright you've got the acceleration you've got the top end now you have to learn how to change your speed because if he slows down and then cuts around his blocker he probably turns that into a 50 yard um, game but overall I was like oh okay so Trey can do that um, Trey can cover Trey can tackle he made some tackles on special teams uh, had some tackles on some some pass plays. Over, he's a guy who I thought that he's at the level where it's like, just don't mess up. Don't go out there and screw up. And when I said Trey Flowers has evolved beyond that, Trey Brown is someone who's like, just don't go out there and screw up. Don't go out there and miss a bunch of tackles, get beat, um, blow a coverage or something like that. Uh, so, like, it was, a, it was a kind of a mixed bag for the two rookies, and it just reminded me, like, damn, it really would be nice to see Dwayne Eskridge out here. But it does sound like he'll be back next week. I would expect him to play in the second preseason game. Well, oh, because you shoot, only got three rookies. You know, I want to see them all. <laughs> you took my next question to you about D. Eskridge, so that's good to know. He's likely going to play next week after Pete said that things are looking good and he's on point to uh, practice this coming week. So that's good. That's good news. But before we get out of here, we do have to talk about the offense as a whole. And I don't know if it's more of a product of it not just having the starters out there and a new offensive, a new scheme with Shane Waldron. But for me, it was like, Okay, that's the offense. All right. <laughs> You're going to pass a lot and run it in the second quarter. Got it. Okay. 
I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I, I could see that. I could see wanting to come out. Like, you have a plan, right? You want to see yeah. what your passing game looks like, um, which makes sense because you just see if Geno can, like, back up Russ um, if something happens. And then you want to mm-hmm. see uh, Stone. You want to see Kyle Fuller, um, the guys who are going to play, Jordan Simmons, Phil Haynes. Like, you want to see how those guys pass the tech. Um, I, I could see that. And you, you look at some of the, the passing plays, and I wrote this too. Some of them are just like the first class of the game, I think it's just a, like a quick. Yeah, it's a uh, quick little, one to Freddie Swain, a little screen. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's, that's just, I mean, we come from the air raid at Wazoo, both of us. Like, those are, <laughs> those are effectively run plays, right? Where yeah. you're just getting it in somebody's hands and they, letting them make a play. So, I get where Shane was going. They did look weird in real time. I was like, damn, exactly. 12 pass plays in a row to start the game. Like, <laughs> is Shoddy up here in the booth when they go out at him? Is he sneaking into Vegas? Uh, that, was, that was a little strange. But I could see where Pete was going. But what Pete is probably going to see on the tape is when they started running the ball and throwing, it made life easier for the offense and they go down there and score a touchdown. Like, that, I don't think that was a, a coincidence, especially when you have Alex Magoo in there who is mobile and made some decent plays uh, with his legs. Uh, so I thought that was a weird plan by Pete. But knew I thought about it. I was like, okay, I, I, I could see that. You could see there's some specific things they were trying to get out. It wasn't just let's run off and see how it looks. They didn't use any tempo, any of fast stuff. Um, didn't look like they even ran a bunch of different concepts. It was like a lot of the same boot action stuff, um, mixed in some zone runs in, in the second half. Not a lot of shots downfield. Like there were specific things they were trying to work. You could see that on defense too. Um, they wanted to see how their guys – covered in man that was the main thing like and the except for the two-minute drive where they dropped in a cover two at the end of the first half they were doing a lot of man coverage uh it looked like uh, so that's the other part of the preseason that you gotta think about when we're analyzing like all right they're trying to do specific stuff they could care about the they could care less about how it looks or the the final score or whatever i mean p wants to win everything but in general uh they're trying to like ah, right, let's see this guy be able to do this let's see this group work on this thing and they watch on tape and all that, all that stuff. So I would, I, I would hope that we see a better, more of the offense. Cause I don't, I have no idea how to date the offense. That was like a waste of a preseason game offensively. <laughs> I thought like I didn't, I was not able to get anything on chain or Gino really he missed some throws and made some throws. It was like, eh, anything got hurt. Wasn't able to gauge half the damn receivers. Wasn't able to gauge, um, much of the pass protection except for some guys in the interior. Like I thought that was a dud. So week two, they really need to like come out and let's see the offense change. Goddamn, let's let's we talked about this offense like six months. I want to actually see it. That that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking in my head, maybe they don't want us to see the offense until week one, and maybe that's not a bad thing because week one is going to be Russ and the starters. But you'd also want to see the backups in case injuries, you name it, they are able to run said offense because what we saw. On Saturday in Las Vegas, it was okay. <laughs> like you said, is Shotty here? Because <laughs> this don't look too much different. But I, I am interested. I didn't want to jump too far into week two, but might as well. I, I do want to see how they change things up, what they do, when they actually run the ball, how they run it. I didn't see any jet sweeps to anyone. Am I missing anything, Mike? Did you, do you remember seeing any of that jet sweeps or reverses? <laughs> No, I was very, very, very vanilla. Okay. They'll open it up a little more. Uh, no matter who's the, uh, I don't think Gino's going to play next week. So probably oh. get like a series or two of Russ, Alex Magoo, and then Sean Mannion. Shoot, okay. maybe they signed a guy. I'm not. We'll, week two, I think will will be better. But yeah, week one was very sloppy. Yeah, I do believe if if D. Eskridge is back, I don't know how much, how many touches Pete plans on giving him if he is playing. 
but I would guess that he's going to get an opportunity to get a jet sweep, RPO action, I guess depending on the quarterback too. It probably have to be with Geno. You don't want to do that with Sean Mannion. Maybe you can do it with Alex Magoo. He showed a little bit of movement in Saturday's game, preseason game. But that is going to be another thing I'm looking forward to is what D is going to be able to bring to this offense where he's with the backups because I know he's going to be for the most part starting in that role with DK and Ty Lockett. But I do want to see how they use him if he does get some snaps and a little get some touches in that preseason two game. But anything else you want to add, Mike, outside this preseason game? Everybody walked away pretty healthy for the most part. I think uh, what's his name? Kyle Fuller. Who's this? Who's who went down with an injury? Yeah, banged up a little bit. Yeah. Gino has a concussion and Bill Haynes has a left knee. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, so, okay. that's all. That's all. That's all I got. Peter update us a little bit more, but yeah, once you get a concussion, you're probably going to miss a game. Makes but Gino sense. probably won't play week week two, so okay. no clue. But on the last injury note, I think they're going to get. Pete says they're going to get a lot of guys coming back this nice. week. Shot Penny probably, Travis Homer, Eskridge, um, some other some other cats probably coming back. DJ Reed probably. So um, that that'll be nice. I want to get Mar- Marquise Blair. Um, so I want to see those guys. So I think they'll all be back next week at some point. Nice. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Our recap of the Seahawks' first preseason game against the Las Vegas Raiders down there. Mike is out there enjoying the heat. Strip club tonight, man? Uh, no, no, I'm chilling. Maybe Summer League. <laughs> oh, now that's going to be a good one. A couple of games you can definitely check out. Anything you want to add before we shake, Mike? You know, I'm good. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate the love. We'll catch you guys next week. Oh, you make my heart come down. Always tripping when you come around. I don't have to cut you out like right now. You see, I don't have to drive me if you say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some.